Hello, everyone, and welcome to another show of the Fitness and Nutrition Ultimate Podcast. My name is Coach Greg. Today, I'm joined by Deva, David, Deva, David Heine, former high achiever of the Limitless Fitness Academy. Hello, David. Hey, Greg. Thanks for having me on, man. It's good to see you. Good to see you, too. It's been a while. It's been a yeah, long it has. time. It has. David, how, what do you do? What, what do you do for work? Uh, for work as a career, I'm now a real estate agent. Uh, it's a fairly new career path of mine in the last two years. I'm on my second year now. Um, so I've been really enjoying it. It's my first position as an entrepreneur, and Limitless Fitness Academy was one thing that probably jump-started my career more than anything else I had going on. Uh, and it's been just very, what would you say, very calming to see the progress that I've made and understand that I'm in a good position where I'm at now. Uh, I have a lot of room to grow, obviously, as entrepreneurs, we're growing every day. Uh, but I learned a lot of things along my way through the Limitless Fitness Academy that allowed me to uh, tackle them, I think, with a different mindset. Yeah. 90% of what we do, it's all awesome. mindset. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> now, how long you were in the academy last year? Mm -hmm. You left. In December, we talked yep. about, right? December feels like yesterday, but I know. Um, what, when you say the Limitless Fitness Academy helped you jumpstart your career, what do you mean by that? Well, it's, it, uh, it was more of a mentality shift than anything and perspective and just understanding that, you know, this entrepreneur journey is really, it, it really is a journey. And along the way, you're going to overcome a lot of things. You're going to be faced with obstacles, downturns, and um, bad days, and good days. And regardless of what happens, you know that you've prepared for this. And so, you know, the Limitless Fitness Academy, not only is it a group of people for you to share successes and loses, and um, everybody's kind of there to support each other, but it also teaches you about yourself and, you know, what it is you're truly looking for, what you can handle, and how you want to approach the world and what you want to get out of it. Awesome. Awesome. Now, how important would you say it was as an entrepreneur, but also in the, in, for your, for your physical fitness? Yeah. So that was something I never really like connected the dots before I came from the construction industry. So every day I was, you know, physically working and, when you're just doing that out of daily habit, uh, you don't necessarily stop and think about the benefits that it has psychologically. So that was one of the biggest things that I learned, you know, actually, once I got into the, the position that I'm in now, is that there is so much more that goes into, you know, a healthy lifestyle, not just eating correctly, but, you know, doing exercises to, to calm your body and mind and doing exercises to get you hyped up and build some muscle and create, you know, a good system within your body that functions well, you know, you have good gut health. I didn't realize how important, uh, and how effective good gut health was because yeah. construction industry, you just go eat garbage every day out on the field and just push through it. And, <laughs> you know, you're not, you're not packing like cold cut sandwiches. Like I see on TV no. all the time. No, <laughs> no, I wish I was that, uh, wish I was that disciplined when back then I, I am now more so, um, 
And obviously, you know, I'm still growing in the ways of how I'm functioning day to day, but it was, you know, going back to what you were saying with jump starting, it basically just gives you guidance. It gives you somewhere to start so that you're not just hitting this field and it's wide open. You actually have a, a direction. And then once you start learning how to discipline yourself with small things, uh, then you start opening up and really starting to flourish. But it takes some time to do those initial steps and something like, you know, the LFA um, it's just so valuable because you're, you have all these different perspectives intertwined with what's going on in all of our conversations. And so not only are you trying to figure out yourself, but you realize that everybody else is doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. And so it takes away like the, uh, you know, comparative aspect of others around you, especially high achieving entrepreneurs, because there's some big hitters in the LFA and you get in and you're like, well, I'm never going to, never going to compete with this guy. Yeah. You look at the other people and you're just like, wow. Um, yeah. I don't know. This dude's jacked. He's got a, a $2 million business going, seems to have everything on lockdown. Uh, but when you, when you talk to him, we all have, you know, challenges and obstacles that we're trying to overcome. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what would you say was the biggest difference between before the LFA and after the LFA? Uh, my priorities. Okay. I, I realized that, um, it, and it was a big shift from construction because I was in a habit where I just roll out of bed, hit my truck, head to the field, crank out a days of work, go home, relax and whatnot. But now it's, you know, more so like, how can I, how can I not just beat myself through the day, but how can I actually be effective and enjoy my time there and whatever I'm doing. And a lot of that starts with, you know, preparing yourself for the day and having systems in place so that you feel good when you wake up and that you're ready to go and that you have a goal set for this next day. So you're excited to wake up and go move towards that goal, even if it's five years out. Um, but it gives yeah. you something. Yeah. A little more. Yeah. So not just priorities, I guess, purpose as well. Um, uh -huh. Taking care of myself is one thing I thought back in the day, I, you know, I was working hard. And so I was getting enough physical activity to sustain a, a good physique. Uh, and I figured that was healthy enough, but I was also, you know, eating pretty bad food and <laughs> or not on a schedule. <laughs> yeah. At uh, 2 AM, not that late, but um, you know, just, there was no, it, it was just kind of free for all. And, mm -hmm. and I've really realized that prioritizing and really organizing my priorities uh, just gave me so much freedom within itself, which is what most people are looking for. Yeah. Would you say, would you say honing in on the direction of your fitness and nutrition kind of, kind of, it's kind of comparable to when you left the construction industry to hone in on real estate, you know, giving you kind of more purpose, more direction. Would you say that's kind of comparable? Yeah. A hundred percent because um, moving from, you know, a uh, employee position to owning my own business, uh, that in itself was a shock, but understanding what I've learned through the LFA, even though I was still fairly new to both, uh, just really helped me guide and kind of get my, my mindset 
uh, in the correct spot to actually come from a growth stance instead of just showing up and doing the work. Um, and that, and that was one thing, you know, I never really thought about getting myself bigger than I had to be because I thought I was in good enough shape, uh, you know, surpassing basically my standards. And I think that really translated when it came to entrepreneurship because there's, it's, it's you versus you. So if you don't, uh, if, if you're not beating yourself from yesterday, you're going to be just declining. And uh, that was extremely important to me because I'm, I, you know, I'm making this business work. I'm on my second year. Most people don't make it to their second year. And so I'm pretty proud of that. And I'm growing from here. There you go. There you go. Now, this is going to be, a, this is going to be a big question, but uh, how, how big, how, I know we just talked about purpose and direction. How big was it for you to build a level of awareness throughout your time in the LFA? I mean, like, you know what I mean by level of awareness, right? So how big, how big was that in, in finding that direction? Maybe even, maybe even in your entrepreneurial journey too. I mean, it was, it was paramount. I just, you know, you get to a point in life when, especially when you're working for somebody else, where you just go through the motions, you're not, you eventually give up, you know, whatever you're trying to achieve. Uh, you're yes, you're getting a paycheck every two months, but it doesn't give you any sort of, any sort of purpose or give you something to, it doesn't give you a reason to really want to excel beyond what you need to. Mm -hmm. Um, some people, you know, you can approach that differently if you have a pretty high salary job and can start offshoot yeah. companies and, you, you know, just, yeah. You just show up every day and make a million dollars. That's all you have to do. Yeah. Exactly. That makes sense. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> then yes. But uh, to answer the question, I think it's, it, it was paramount. It just, it gives you, it gives you somewhere to start and to build off of. And the LFA creates such a strong foundation. Um it's almost seems like too, too simple to make sense. Cause everything that you guys say is like, you've thought of it at some point it's, it's and simple. then it comes out of your mouth and it's you're like, simple. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's what a lot of people don't understand is like fitness and nutrition is probably one of the simplest things out there, but mm. it's the hardest thing to, to hold yourself accountable to. Yeah. Implementing it and, and, putting it on your schedule that's definitely the hardest thing to, yeah. to get used to but like when you when you and you can even attest to this too is like when you finally build the awareness and you start to build the habits around fitness and nutrition you start to realize like why was i not doing this before like this yeah. is really nothing <laughs> oh once you start getting into the motion of it it you know becomes your daily habit it only mm -hmm. takes what 27 days to become a habit and then or 37 days whatever it was uh, and after that, you don't even think about it. Then it's your, then it's you going through the motions, but you've set better things in your just motion daily, uh, that you're actually fulfilled about. So whether it's working out or eating better or taking personal time or what have you, uh, once those do become habits then you start to feel that little bit of freedom because you're achieving things that you want to, but your body's not saying, Oh, I don't want to go do this. It's like, yeah. Yes. Yes. Let's go get it. Yeah. Let's bump it up next time. Let's take it to 11. Mm -hmm. Now, was there any, other, any, any, was there ever any point where 
you maybe didn't feel that way. Maybe maybe you know didn't want to do it, didn't want to be in the program, didn't want to do what you needed to do on a daily basis. Was there ever any point where you kind of fell into that bell curve of like, man, I don't want to do this anymore? Oh, sure. I, uh, well, when I first started really getting serious about going to the gym every day, uh, that was one thing that was kind of hard to, until you start actually getting addicted to going to the gym, it's kind of a pain in the ass to convince yourself to go (laughs) it. Well, especially at, you know, the end of the day, it's like, you're tired. I was not a morning workout person. So I'd be at the gym and 9 30 10 o'clock at night and then i'm like well i'm not gonna go to bed um then i'd go home but somehow fall asleep but it's yeah it was interesting because you're trying to you have to force the habit to at the beginning mm-hmm. and, and you have to force yourself to do it for it to become the habit for you to eventually gain the freedom of not having to even think about it mm-hmm. and so it's it, it's it's kind of a catch-22 because you have to have the long-term goal in mind. There's no short-term returns when it comes to trying to build a habit. Mm -hmm. We've talked about that, even with atomic habits. Yeah. it's. How many times have you read through that book? uh, I've gone through it once since I bought it. (laughs) (laughs) 25. I'm pretty sure for everybody listening, I'm pretty sure if you ask David, like any, anything about atomic habits, he could quote like the exact page it's on. And the, Good exact, book. the exact line. <laughs> well, that was super helpful for LFA because I read that after getting into the academy. And uh, it was actually a, um, a suggestion by my team leader for because uh, we do a book club within our team mm-hmm. at the at the office. And um, she's like, yeah, we're gonna read Atomic Habits because this is probably the best way for you to get over forcing yourself to have to build new habits it's just a different way to approach it mm-hmm. and it works for some people it work doesn't for others but it, it's a system to help you get over the the mental strain of trying to force a habit so you do it in small increments and you just improve yourself over time and it's uh it, that's i mean that's been life-changing too not only reading because i never read when i was in construction um i bet you probably had like no time yeah i just I just didn't care. I was, you know, I was beat by the end of the day physically. And that translated to just mental, especially if you're out in the sun. I mean, you're getting cooked out there and uh, you're just doing math all day long. Nobody wants to do that. What kind of math were you doing during construction? Uh, well, I, I mean, we're building okay, you know, homes, all the, all the measuring and measurements stuff. and everything. I, mean, it, I hear yeah. construction. And I think like you're running, you know, big machinery and, we did that too. Um, demoing, but demoing factories or warehouses <laughs> or big buildings, you know. That would have been fun. I didn't get to do any demo, but you don't uh, get to work with any steel beams or anything. Uh, we, I did a, a little bit on one house in Oregon. Um, that was kind of cool. It was a big two million dollar house on the side of the mountain that was like Jeez. cantilevered out. But uh, when you're translating a house from blueprints, there's a, a lot of measurements to look at. Yeah. Yeah. double check and everything's within an eighth of an inch so yeah i didn't know was, i didn't know wild. you were in house construction i thought you were in like big building construction we did get into some commercial uh okay. for some cannabis farms out there but those are mostly just like big concrete slabs for them to build agriculture buildings on yeah that makes sense that makes sense but off. it's yeah it's one of those things you you don't realize without the awareness um you know being the key point here is that 
and a lot of people even throughout their day, I used to be like this, I would just be on autopilot through the day and then I'd get home and kick back and relax. And I would occasionally have a thought about some sort of goal or something that I would like to achieve. And then it would go to the wayside the next day. Cause I'd oh, wake I, up and do my same thing again. I call it, I call it cruise control. Yeah. hundred percent autopilot cruise control, whatever you want to call it. Um, I watched, I watched my parents do it. I watched some of my family do it. I watched a lot of people do it where Monday to Friday, you wake up, you have your breakfast. Usually it's the same thing. Cause you don't want to change. You get yep. like that. You get that like occasional spark of like, Oh, I want something different now. But then Monday through Friday, you get up, you eat your breakfast, you go to work, you come home, turn on the TV, eat dinner, whatever it is, right? And then Saturdays and Sundays are your days for inspiration. Oh, I'm going to start this project. And there's only, there's only 52 Saturdays in a year. And if a project's going to take you three or four weeks, you know, if you worked on it consistently, you know, that's going to take you almost a full year to do <laughs> of, of just Saturdays, yeah. right? Right, yeah. And then eventually, you know, you, you do it for like, a month and a half of just Saturdays. And you're just like, ah, why did I even start this? Cause you think yep. of some other project on a Saturday or a Sunday, whatever it is. So it's just kind of, you know, like you said, and we talked about like being aware of like the things you can change. And I think a big key point is to, you know, the awareness has to be consistent. It can't be like, Oh, on Saturday, I'm going to crank out all this work. And yeah. Then- one one out of seven days of the week i'm going to be extremely just productive and fruitful and imaginative and creative and all these things that you should be every day and it's it's unfortunate that we've gotten to this point um and i don't know if it's you know been the dynamic shift of uh the the untraditional households that we're starting to see with two income parents and stuff like that but um yeah it's it's been interesting because you see it so often and we start young now, I mean, 16, 17, and you don't even really have time to work up the sort of lifestyle. Uh, and, then, and then by the time you're ready to jump into, you know, going out on your own, it's so daunting because you just, you know, I yeah. wasn't raised that way. My parents did own a business, but not what I'm doing. Um, and then some things translate. So I had a little more knowledge than just the completely lost average Joe. But <laughs> I think there's, you know, it doesn't matter what you're getting into. You're going to have some sort of realization that this is bigger than just showing up. Mm-hmm. And this requires my attention. This requires more energy than I'd probably expend in my autopilot job. Uh, but that energy that you're putting out is, is returning to with some sort of reward that you get firsthand, whether it's helping somebody, um, you know, making a big check so that you can donate some or whatever it is that you find joy in that's, but it's hard because you don't get those results right away. So you have to see the bigger picture at the end of the tunnel. That's a big thing with the LFA because it's it's a slow start, especially if you've never worked out before, like me. I was so skinny when I got there, and uh, I'm sure you remember. I remember. I remember. I remember. David. David came in, um, wanting. I think the biggest thing he wanted was more energy, sustained energy throughout your day. Yeah. And I had told David, I was like, "Well, have you ever thought about gaining any muscle mass?" 
And I'm pretty sure answer was no. Why would I do that? Yep. <laughs> I was like, well, that make me slower and more just weighed down basically. And I was like, well, you know, for you to have to gain muscle mass, you know, you're going to have to eat more, which means having more sustained energy because you're fueling your body, you're feeding your body properly. Yeah. And David came in with a full head of steam and in three months gained, I think, 18 pounds. Yeah. 17 or 18, 17 or 18 pounds. And was just, wild. I think you came to me and was like, I have so much energy. Like I, I didn't know what I was doing before the LFA. And so like people don't realize how much, you know, people think, Oh, if I start working out, I'll be more tired because like I'm going to the gym and I'm putting an effort. It's like, no, no, no. It's the exact opposite. You start working out, you start eating, eating properly. You start taking care of yourself. You start to realize that what you were doing before actually just had you in like a tired mindset. You were just always tired, you know, like, cause you're on cruise control. You just flip it on. You're just like, Oh man. And then you, you become aware. Problem is awareness can work positively and negatively. Would you say, is, is that correct? Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, even like you were saying earlier, it's like you get stuck in an autopilot or cruise control and you start to become aware when you like finally take a break. So, you know, working construction all day, you get home, you finally take a break, you sit down and you're just like, wow, I am beat. Whereas like when you start to take care of yourself and go to the gym, eat properly, you come home and you sit down and you're like, I got to go I, do something. I could go do something. <laughs> you know, yeah. you sit down and you're like, I, I could go run another mile. Probably not. Mm -hmm. But the idea is that when you start to look at things in a more, I don't want to say positive light because it's not really positive and negative, more, more productive light. Is that the right word? I would say so, because there's, um, you know, one of my favorite quotes, we were just talking about Alex Ramosi and he says, you either win or you lose. Mm -hmm. And with that, I don't think it necessarily has to be a negative awareness, but it could be awareness of something that maybe you'd like to change. Yeah. Which, which is a positive that you're realizing that. Because mm -hmm. uh, then you can take action upon it and you have an understanding of what your current problem is and how to, you know, start thinking about how to overcome it. Yeah. If that now, makes sense. And that does make sense. And that actually brings up, I've talked about this on probably the last three or four calls with people. And you talked about mindset earlier, you know, how big of a mindset shift it was for you and everything. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if you've ever been this way or ever had this kind of mentality, but you talked about atomic habits earlier. Right now I'm reading out, bringing out, bringing out the best in people. That's what I'm reading. And they talk about the difference between, have you ever read that book? I haven't. So right in the beginning, they talk about the difference in how people perceive knowledge mm. or, or how people use their knowledge. And they talk about the, there's two different types of knowledge in people. And the two different types of knowledge are common sense knowledge, which is just everything has an absolute conclusion. Um, sure. Everything comes to an of course, right? You see somebody in the gym that's doing some, you know, bigger guy or bigger girl, whatever it is, or skinnier girl for all you females. And you just look at them, you're just like, I'll never be like them. You just have this like, of course, conclusion that you're <laughs> like, you've already made your decision. Yeah. Whereas the opposite is scientific knowledge, where, you know, you look at somebody, the bigger guy, skinnier girl, whatever it is, and you're like, well, how can I get like them? You know, what do I have to do in order to be like them? 
Now, was there ever a point in your life where you had the first mentality or the first knowledge? Had the first knowledge. Like, like I, I was setting the pace. Like you were kind of just, you just looked at other people and you're like, you know, you talked about earlier, you see the other people in the LFA, you came in, you mm-hmm. saw this, you know, people with bigger businesses and jacked or whatever. And you looked at them, you were just like, oh, I could never be like them. It, yeah. And that's how it starts until you realize once you talk to these people and have a conversation that they are either going through or went through something similar that you're dealing with right now. And they have an answer for you. <laughs> and all you got to do is ask. I think, I think what you just said is super important because people will see all the time, like fitness influencers on the, on Instagram or whatever yeah. else and just assume like, Oh, because you know, they're eating all the, you know, they, they'll post like a, what I eat in a day. And I hate those videos. I will never post a, what I eat in a day because people, you know, it'll be a video of me pulling up to Taco Bell Yep. And then like later, <laughs> later in the day, having like chicken and rice and then later in the day, ordering a pizza and people would be like, wait, that's what you eat in a day and have a six pack. And I'm like, yeah, I, yeah. But people don't realize is like those other people had to go through the struggle that you're now facing. Mm-hmm. So I think yeah. that's, that's super important of what you just said. And, and it translates to so many aspects of life. I mean, um, you know, my, my real estate team, for example, uh, we've got my two team leads, they're 30 years into the business each. And basically their whole job is to explain to us the mistakes that they ran into along the way, or the obstacles that they've had to overcome. And I mean, there's so much knowledge to be had amongst the individuals around you. And it's unfortunate that we're getting to a place where, um, you know, everything's sort of digital. You're not connecting with your neighbors anymore and finding out, uh, and there's ways to go about it. You can do meetups and stuff like that to, to sort go, of bring go them knocking back on together. Doors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> door Just to door, door to door. Posting up at the park. Yeah. Helping people, <laughs> whatever it is, social media, you can, you can find it on there sometimes. Yeah. Um, but I, I, there's something to be said about, you know, utilizing the people around you that have gone through what you're going through. And we all think that, you know, what I'm going through, nobody's dealt with and who am I going to talk to? Nobody knows what's going on in my head. Um, but there's 7 billion of us out here and somebody has gone through what you're going through and they are happy to share with you what they did to get to the next step. And taking that and implementing it is also difficult because as humans, I think there's a part of us that wants to figure out things on our own say, yes, I accomplished this by myself, didn't need any help, nobody had to hold my hand. Uh, But if you're really looking to get yourself to the tippy top, you're going to have to use those people. Yeah. And ever like like, you and Brandon, for example. Yeah. Coach Brandon of the LFA. I've mentioned him a couple of times on the show. He's the other coach for those of you listening. Mm -hmm. Um, But I like what you said about there's 7 billion other people. Like somebody has to have gone through the same process. Yeah, You know, everybody might be different. Everybody has different genes and genetics or whatever else. Every person on the planet is different, but the processes people have been through, there's probably less than a hundred. Like that. There's only so many. There's only so many avenues. Yeah. Have you ever heard, have you ever heard the thing about movies? What's that? So there's, there's this rumor that I don't know if it's true or not, but there's this rumor that 
of all the movies they've ever made. So since like what the 1920s, 1930s, maybe even before then, there's only 47 different plot lines. Everything else about the movie just changes. So like the settings, the characters, you know, everything else, like the plot itself, you know, it's either like a mystery or a a horror or, you know, like, and there's a little more detail than that, but like, there's only so many different plot lines. They just change the pieces of the movie to make it different. Well, right before this, we were just talking about the business names. It's like, how do you come up with something new and creative unless it's absolutely outlandish and ridiculous yeah Uh, we were just talking about business names and i was like there's nothing even original anymore if i used my name there's three other people that have almost the same name as me right yeah and so we're getting to a point where and our ability to access these people is also expanded now with the digital age so you have it's like yes we're kind of losing the interpersonal connection but we also have the resources to be able to access these people from wherever they are. I mean, we're, yeah. you know, 1500 miles apart right now and we're still able to have a conversation about, you know, where we started, where we're headed, how we're getting there and what's important to us along the way. And it's, it's super healthy to have these types of conversations. Not everybody likes to join in on them. Uh, but I think that it's, you know, for our, your own benefit, you always learn something along the way. Every time that we've sat down and had uh, you know, five or 10 minute conversation, there's always something to, to pick out of there that I didn't yeah. think of. You either, you either learn something in a productive way or you learn, mm-hmm. like, I never want to talk to that person again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you know, because it's, it's, it's one or the other and you know exactly what it is. Yeah. Cause I was just sitting here thinking, I was like, well, there's some people that like, you may not want to talk to because when it comes to, and you can probably attest to this too, when it comes to you starting to take care of yourself, and you starting to take steps in your life, there are some people around you that will see that as a challenge. Mm, yeah, yeah. Like, not necessarily a challenge, but, you know, when, when you start to take care of yourself, some people will look at you in a jealous way or even like a hating way. Sure. And they will put that on you and be like, you know, you'll, you'll see it as like, oh, well, maybe I should quit. Maybe I should yeah. quit because it's pissing this person off. Right. Yeah. And so like, you'll learn, uh, you hear it all the time, but like self-care is a, is a lonely thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's true. It's true. When you start to really, really take care of yourself, I call it, I call it the T-Mobile Fave, Fab Five rule. You remember when T-Mobile used to have the Fab Five? Yeah. And you had like five contacts that you could put on speed dial and they were like right on your phone and they were in this little circle thing. Um, when you start to really, really take care of yourself and you'll be looked at as selfish, but like the first part of the word selfish is yourself. Mm-hmm. So when you start to really, really take care of yourself and you start to make big moves in business and big moves in your fitness and your, you know, just health in general, you will get down to maybe five people that like you really, really trust and really, really want around you. Maybe five. Yeah. It's maybe five. It's, it's difficult to find. Uh, I would say first, it's difficult to find people that are on the same path as you and one that you, you know, without talking to massive amounts of people, you're never going to find these people because we're not out here trying to, I don't know if we're out here like 
trying to present that to the world. It's more of like a, I'm going to kind of work on myself in the yeah. background. Uh, and then, you know, 20 years from now, when everyone asks what the hell happened, it's like, well, I just, <laughs> I really buckled down, put my head down, went to work and, uh, you know, wanted to make something of myself. And that's, I, I feel like that happens more often than people opening up to the world and being like, Hey, I'm looking for help. I need, you know, I have this certain situation that I'm looking to overcome and I don't have anybody to guide me through this. Who's willing. Yeah. Uh, the only people, the only people that open up to the world looking for help are some Nigerian prince that got stuck in a different country looking for your credit card number. <laughs> almost won $3 million from that once, but. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. I ended up losing my identity. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Those are the only people like, out there looking for like desperate help mm -hmm. um and that that just goes into like if you really want to make a big change in your life and one of my favorite lines actually from i don't even know if he got it from somebody but from coach coach brandon the other coach of the lfa is whatever you're not changing you're choosing to not change it or you're choosing to live that way 100 percent. yeah you know if there's something you want to change and that's the thing you have to want you have to want change in order to to change basically you know, Some, sometimes we want change though, and don't know exactly what needs to change, which yeah. kind of ties back to the awareness portion um, yeah. and why it's so important to take time just throughout the day, even uh, not the week and, and realize, you know, what, why am I doing what I'm doing right now? And what is this, how is this helping me get to where I need to be? Yeah. And if you, if you're not asking those questions on it, on at least like a monthly basis, at you know, least, yeah, at least a monthly basis. I mean, you can, you know, working in construction and I, when I first moved to Florida, I worked at, uh, I worked for a moving company mm -hmm. and on a daily basis, I would ask myself, is this really what, <laughs> what I want to do? <laughs> like, is this really yeah. what I want to do for the rest of my life? Yeah. And, you know, I've never worked an office job. I, I've worked in offices, but I worked in offices mm -hmm. while I was a college student and I worked in, uh, in, you know, the office doesn't really count because it was at a rec center. So I don't know if that counts as like an office job. Um, sure. But the idea is that, and I've, I've, like I said, I've never worked a nine to five office job where I wear a suit and go to an office and make calls and mm -hmm. bring Jimmy his coffee. You know, I've never, <laughs> I've never done that. But I bet if I did that, in my first week, I would be like, what am I even doing here? Even if it was something yeah. I really, really wanted to do. I, after a year, I'd probably be leaving. We've all been there. I mean, it's, I worked in a different portion of construction. I worked in sewer and water for a little bit. And, um, I just, yeah, I was like, what am I doing? But you know, the money was good. And the, the guys I worked with were fun. And th there's always, you can always convince yourself that it's, that that you can like mold to it you know? yeah there's there's always something there like i tell well, people with with construction that's a good one because it's so mentally taxing like nobody wants to i, I won't say nobody but most people don't want to be out in the field when it's over 100 degrees doing what they're doing but there's a, a certain camaraderie within the guys that you're with uh that really takes off the edge of like, wow, this really sucks. <laughs> yeah. And I would say that I would say there's the same feel to when you start a fitness and nutrition journey. 
Like mm-hmm. nobody wants to go to the gym every day when they start, right. but you kind of, you kind of mold your life around, okay, well, this is why I'm doing it. You know, when you, when you start working in a job that you really don't want to work, but it has good money and you get that first paycheck and you're like, oh my gosh, like, this is why I do it. When you start going to the gym all the time and in a month you see you're like, you're up five pounds or you're down 10 pounds or like you see the changes in the mirror or you see the changes in your photos. Like that's why you do it. So I think, I think with everything, there's like a, there's like a, when you make any change, there's a molding factor to kind of find your balance again. And there's that word that we were talking about earlier balance, but (laughs) we're not even going to, we're not even going to open that one because that's, that's a whole nother hour of talking. (laughs) Yeah. I don't want to dive too deep, but I I do want to pick back off of this a little bit because I see this a lot in the entrepreneur world. Um, It's called imposter syndrome. Oh, I have some of that. (laughs) Yeah, we all, we all do. Absolutely. It's like, I'm, I am not a, a 30 year seasoned realtor. I, I don't operate the same way that my team leads do. And sometimes I just, I feel out of place, but I know I can play the part. So I'm, you know, in the process of molding to it. Um, and it's not, it's not a bad thing to want to mold yourself to something, especially if you're trying to become that. But there is a, a, a there's a time where you're like, I am not who I think I am yeah, uh, or I'm not operating how I think I should be, or I'm not performing, you know, in the same way that this is portrayed. And so it, it's difficult to get not only over your imposter syndrome, but to get to a point where you're comfortable uh, with how you're operating to then start progressing from there. It's, I mean, there's so many like, basic layers that you have to break through right in the beginning before it starts to actually open up and you feel like you're on the right track. And that's the tough part because you're, you're just trudging through the trenches, uh, trying to, you know, go to the gym every day and and get some gains. And then you start to open up and see after a month, you're like, Oh, okay. I look a little better in these pictures and maybe I can get as big as Greg over there. (laughs) I'll just have to eat two pizzas and stop at T-Bell twice a day. Yeah. Yeah. That's all it takes. Just go to Taco Bell all the time. I, I'm pretty sure I, I, I made a post the other day on this, this podcast, Instagram, which I just started. And I literally just posted a picture of me smiling, talking into the camera. And I said, I was wearing a Taco Bell shirt that I got from going to Taco Bell way too, way too much. They said, that's You're here all the time. They know me by name. Oh God. <laughs> they said, Hey, we're, uh, we're given, like, we're selling these shirts. Do you want one? And I said, well, do I have to pay for it? And I said, no, you can just have one. I said, <laughs> you're a frequent oh, flyer. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I got this Taco Bell shirt and I posted a picture on the Instagram and I said at Taco Bell, please sponsor my show. So if anybody, if anybody, wants, if anybody wants to help me out, I'm trying to get Taco Bell to sponsor the show. Cause I'm a frequent flyer of Taco Bell, frequent, frequent taco eater. I quickly became part of the, the T-Bell cult after I started working out. Um, it, you know, as far as fast food goes, that's, I mean, it's easily my favorite um, just because of, you know, what you, what I know about the other fast food joints They're they're gross and uh, just not beneficial. Not that T-Bell is, you know, super healthy or anything like that, but <laughs> it, it gives you what you need 
in oh. an in an affordable, quick fashion. Because um, I'm I'm not somebody who wants to prep all my meals every week and have ten pounds of rice ready with six pounds of chicken and all this good stuff. Um, yeah. So as far as a quick bite goes, Taco Bell, you're where it's at. So sponsor this podcast. <laughs> there we go. There we go. David, any last any last remarks or comments for the people listening? Oh, it's uh, yeah. There's a. I mean, as cliche as this is, it's a trust the process type of deal, and you have to have a, a goal out there, a ways out, not just you know, I want to start, I want to start doing this, or I want to start doing this. You got to put a timeline on it, one. And then you have to realize and have the awareness every day. Am I doing something today that is putting me a little closer to that goal? Um, so you're not, you know, thinking about it once a month. You're like, what have I done this month? It, and it, and you want it to do it every day because then it becomes part of your habit. And then you eventually autopilot into these good habits and you eventually autopilot into success. And it, I mean, it's a long road, but you got to trust the process. And if you know what you want, I think you're going to, you're going to get there, but you have to, uh, you have to take into consideration what other people have to say, what they've been through and what their experiences are and let them help you because I think most people, it's in our nature to help each other uh, any way we can, even if, and, and you may not realize how impactful it is that, you know, you're helping people get to the gym and change their mindset about going and creating habits and uh, basically just leading a better, healthier life. Um, so whatever it is you have to offer to people, I'd say, you know, do that regardless of what your experience it is. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Amazing. That doesn't sound cliche. That was, that was pretty original. I, I, don't, I don't think I've ever heard that before. It started cliche and then I it just started cliche and it. then kind of went your own route. Mm -hmm. But anyway, we're going to wrap this up for everybody listening. Make sure to go check out the Instagram that I talked about earlier. Um, check out David. I'm going to put all his info in the show notes. So you will be able to find him on Instagram, find him on social media and find everything else you need to know about David and his company. And as always, keep sweating, keep smiling, and I'll see you guys later.